Welcome to Franchise Fix, the unpopular spin-off podcast to the already unpopular film franchise podcast that I do with my co-hosts Andy and Zach, Franchise Flicks. My name is Ted, and on this podcast, I'm flying solo, and I'm going to discuss TV shows based on franchises that we all know and love. Today, we're discussing Star Wars The Bad Batch, Episode 2, Cut and Run. With that out of the way, let's get into the episode. Spoilers ahead. So the first thing that we discover is that J-19 is indeed the Seleucami system. First off, I definitely pronounced it incorrectly last episode. I think I said Saliakami or something, so whatever. Uh, second, I still have yet to find any sort of reference to J-19 in the Clone Wars, but I'm going to give credit where it's due. Uh, like I said in the last episode the podcast uh, Paul Tamburo of GameRevolution.com was right about this he called it he said that J19 was a reference to this system and that Cutlaw Quain was going to be on this planet and he was right so nice job Paul I had my doubts but you pulled through uh, so anyway when the group first lands on Seleucami Omega drops to her knees to feel the soil clearly having no experience with it on Kamino which is a water-based planet. So, you know, she comes to this planet and she's so excited to see things that are not just rain pouring and surrounded by bodies of water. And she's just enthralled by everything around her. Uh, by the way, does anybody else find it odd that pretty much all Star Wars planets feature only one type of climate? No? Just me? I don't know. Just always bothered me, kind of. Doesn't really make sense, but a lot of the science in Star Wars doesn't make sense. That's why it's science fantasy rather than science fiction, I guess. Uh, moving on. So, after Wrecker foolishly trips a booby trap on a farm, the group is confronted by who else but Cutlaw Quain, the clone deserter, and his wife, Sue. After exchanging hellos and catching up, the Bad Batch discovered from Cut that Rex actually passed through the day before and told him about Order 66, but they don't know where he ended up going. So that's really exciting, and I'll talk about that later on. Uh, so this is the moment that the Bad Batch discover the truth about the inhibitor chips as well. Uh, we also discover that Imperial troopers have already begun invading planets like Seleucami, and this leads Cut to see transport off-world to keep his family safe. Uh, with the Empire already gaining a hold on the galaxy, Imperials have begun forcing citizens to exchange Republic credits for Imperial ones. And we see this actually at a shop where Cut uh, tries to buy his way off planet and uh, somebody tells him that his credits are no good there and that he needs to exchange them for Imperial credits and that he also needs to get a chain code. So with that, um, like I said, they're forcing citizens to exchange their Republic credits for Imperial ones, and they want them to register themselves into the Imperial database to obtain a chain code. With the chain codes, the Imperials are seeking to regulate commerce and travel between worlds, as well as track all citizens. So you can already see the Empire kind of imposing its will on the galaxy. Meanwhile, despite lacking any experience with other children her own age, Omega seems to make pretty quick friends with Cut's kids. While playing catch, which is a game she's never played, uh, she 
naturally overthrows the ball because she's never done it before, has no clue, and uh, she goes on her own past the fence line off the property to retrieve the ball, but she's soon attacked by a dangerous creature. Uh, she is eventually saved by the Bad Batch cut and sue, but she's clearly shaken up by the attack, and, you know, Hunter is too. Um, so in an effort to help Cut and his family get off-world ASAP, the Bad Batch hatch a plan to discreetly create chain codes for them so they can leave on the next transport. As Cut is a clone trooper deserter, it's important that he's not detected by the Imperial clones, so that's why they're going out of their way to pretty much illegally obtain chain codes for him and his family because... It's pretty obvious just by the way he looks that he's a clone. If a clone trooper sees him, it's like looking in the mirror. So with that in mind, Tech decides to hide himself and Echo on the ship and get it impounded so they can get easier access to what they need to get the chain codes. The only problem is after this is done, they discover that Omega is aboard the ship as well once it's taken. So, while impounded, Echo is able to steal blank discs to overwrite with the family's new chain codes. Omega then sneaks the discs to Cut and his family, but notes that there was an extra one that must have been a mistake. Uh, it's here, though, that Hunter reveals to her that he actually wants her to go with Cut's family because he doesn't think that the Bad Batch can really offer Omega the life he thinks she needs, especially because she's just a child. But... You know, keep in mind she's also a clone, so she has more in common with the Bad Batch than she does with anybody else. Uh, so she's obviously upset by this, but initially complies with Hunter's wish. Uh, the chain codes are then cleared, and Cut's family is able to safely escape off-world. Uh, Hunter then runs back to help the rest of the team fend off troopers as they try to escape. Right before they leave, they discover that Omega actually came back to join them, so she didn't go with Cut's family, which pretty expected. But uh, she's grabbed by a trooper while she's running to them, but Hunter is able to rescue her before they escape. And uh, to end the episode, Hunter ends up telling Omega that she can stay with them if it's truly where she wants to be. And that's the episode. So that's episode two, and with that, let's get into some of my thoughts on the episode and what things stuck out to me. So, obviously this episode was much shorter than the first one, and the runtime is a lot closer to what we should expect going forward. Uh, Zach, my co-host on Franchise Flicks, the usual podcast that we do here, uh, actually helped me realize the reason for this when I joined him to discuss the premiere on his Twitch channel the other night, and that's... Uh, Twitch.tv slash GrandamoffZZ if you're interested in checking that out. Uh, so anyway, similar to the Clone Wars movie, uh, the first episode of Bad Batch really serves as about like a three episode long introduction to the series. So it seems more like three episodes mashed into one like short movie rather than just one long episode. Uh, so I like the first episode of this series much, much much more than I did the Clone Wars movie, and I think uh, most people would agree with me on that. No Stinky the Hutt or anything like that, or, uh, you know, the first exposure we get to Ahsoka is not uh, a great introduction, at least for adults who are fans of Star Wars. Uh, but anyway, they do come off as having a similar purpose, uh, and that's what he explained to me. So, anyway, I got into my thoughts about 
the team meeting up with Cut in the last podcast on the first episode, so I won't repeat myself here, but the story thread made a lot of sense, and it really worked well in this episode. I will say that I was excited, though, but not shocked, uh, that Cut mentioned having seen Rex very recently after Order 66. Rex actually has a really great arc in the Clone Wars episode in Season 2 that features Cut, in which he initially wants to report Cut as a deserter, but ends up having a change of heart on that. And it actually makes sense that they would have kept in contact and that Rex would have sought Cut out, just like the Bad Batch did after Order 66. Uh, so I assume that we'll be meeting up with Rex again sometime in the series, and I can't wait for it, honestly. I mentioned in the pod for Episode 1 that I'd really, I really would have preferred a show focused on clones that we had more of an established relationship with, especially because, you know, the Clone Wars, seven seasons of a show that we get exposure to these clones, and, you know, like I said, you're only getting four episodes in the final season to get exposure to the Bad Batch, but they do serve a purpose, and they give a different perspective on the prequel era transitioning into the original trilogy era so it's not a huge deal uh but the prospect of him showing up again similar to what we saw in rebels as well really has me excited uh so another thing being built upon from the first episode is the idea of how quickly the empire kind of swooped in to take control of the galaxy so within days, they're already forcing a change in currency and are already constructing a system to track and impress the galaxy's citizens. So I'm sure we're going to see more and more of this as we go forward, but I like that they keep introducing these threads as far as the Empire taking control and like how quickly they're doing it too. I, I mean, it seems a little jarring in Revenge of the Sith with how quickly Palpatine is able to just declare that it's the Empire and he's able to take full control from there but it, it makes a little more sense when you see just everything happening at the pace that it does and they waste no time they had a plan for this in place as Palpatine usually does uh, so I was surprised by how quick Hunter was to give up on Omega at first especially given that he made it a point in the first episode to go back for her when she was in danger on Kamino that being said, I sort of understand that he seemingly saw an opportunity to set her up with a family that he trusted, that he knew could provide her a better structure than the team could, at least compared to what he thought. You know, his thought was that the Bad Batch are a bunch of soldiers who are on the run. It makes no sense for a kid to be with them. But when it's all said and done, it actually makes sense that she's with them because she is, in the end... A unique clone just like them she was uh, made with a certain purpose and I'm excited to find out what that purpose is and I'm sure we're gonna find out by the end of the first season but um, it's gonna be an exciting journey to uh, follow that along um, but you know I'm glad and unsurprised though that she ended up back with them and I'm expecting to see sort of a similar bond grow between uh, the two being Hunter and Omega that already seems to be building Kind of comparable to what we got from uh, Din Djarin and Grogu. Probably not on the same level. I mean, I, I don't want to be blasphemous here. We, we all love Grogu. We all love the Mandalorian. Uh, but I, I can see something similar growing here. So, you know, maybe having this moment so early on in the series, too, means that the prospect of them splitting up is already over and done with and 
we won't have that looming over our heads for the rest of the season and maybe the series too, like it does in the Mandalorian. We're constantly expecting that at some point Din is going to give up Grogu and he tries to a couple times uh, unsuccessfully until he eventually does. Spoiler alert. I'm sure you've already watched it by now though. If you're listening to this Um, anyway, overall I thought, that this was a solid second episode of the series, uh, built upon what it already established in the premiere, and it laid the seeds for new plot threads going forward. I found myself a little bit bored with the fight sequence with the Bad Batch and the Imperial clones, but that's fine. I, I wasn't really paying all that much attention to it either, so maybe that was just me. I think I was more focused on some plot threads and story, especially because we got so much of that in episode one, so maybe my focus was in the wrong place. Uh, but anyway, episode one had a lot more time to devote to combat too, so it's probably not fair to expect that kind of quality in every single episode. Well, those are my thoughts on the episode. Nothing too crazy happened in this one, but it reinforced a lot of what episode one already established and continued the main characters and the story on a sensible trajectory. I'm excited to see what we get next week though, and if you are too, tune into my discussion on that episode. Lastly, please like and subscribe on YouTube if you like our content. Follow us at FranchiseFlix on Twitter, and be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. If you want to follow us further, you can follow Andy at twitch.tv slash Darth Buckman, and on TikTok at Darth Buckman. You can follow Zach on Twitch at twitch.tv slash grandmoffzz and on Twitter at grandmoffzz. Last but not least, check out the all-Star Wars virtual book club created by Zach called Sacred Jedi Texts on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. Thanks and catch you on the next one.